Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 168 of 2020. Today, I have an article from LifeSite News. It's from the desk of the editor, John Henry Weston. And it's an interview he has with Archbishop Athanasius Schneider of Kazakhstan. And it's an interesting one. The subject matter is about the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, what if the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, it's uh, the cure, let's say the cure comes from the cells of aborted babies. Remember, we're Catholic and we can't participate in something like that. That would make us... uh, participation in uh, the death of the unborn. And that's a serious problem. Well, before we begin, please subscribe to my podcast, uh, subscribe and share. Uh, It would be a great help. Um, It would let uh, Spotify and Anchor uh, that uh, puts out my podcast, uh, it would let them know that you like this podcast. And uh, when they see the numbers, that means that uh, they know that people like listening to the podcast. And also, it would help it to get distributed even more. Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all the other platforms, uh, they would continue to distribute it. So please, that would be a great help. Let's also begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church, Terror of Demons, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, this is from the desk of John Henry Weston. Uh, This is the title, Abortion, Tainted, Mandatory COVID Vaccine Would Be the Beginning of the Apocalypse. Bishop Schneider. Bishop Schneider told LifeSite, should there be a mandatory global vaccine for coronavirus that is derived from the cell lines of aborted babies, then we will enter into the time of the apocalypse. Now, um, this is something that has uh, come up uh, in the uh, vice president debate. Uh, Joe Biden's running mate said that if there was a vaccine for the coronavirus, that under President Trump, she would not take it if it was coming out from under President Trump because she would not trust it. Now, the scientists, these are scientists. It's not like 
President Donald Trump is in the laboratory himself making it. He's not a scientist. Now, the question is, for us Catholics, the question that if it is a vaccine, how did they achieve the vaccine? What materials did they use to get the vaccine, to come up with the vaccine? That's the question. If this was something that they took from the cells of dead aborted babies, we Catholics, and I'm quite, I'm, I'm certain of our brothers and sisters in the Orthodox Church, and I'm quite certain of our separated brothers, let's say from the Protestant churches, I don't think, I don't think we should take it. I, I hope they don't take it. Because abortion is, this is, this is the one thing that it seems that that this global world wants is that they're so desperate for it. If you notice like how they push the envelope for abortion to go as far as nine months, it it makes sense that these laboratories are probably asking like pre- Planned Parenthood and the states, we need full-term aborted babies because they want the cells, they want the, they want the body parts, they want that fully developed DNA. You know, the stem cells, they, they, that's a big thing for these scientists that come from aborted babies. And then there's like, you know, in a sense that there's also, they use adult stem cells, which is perfectly fine uh, as far as I know from Catholic teaching coming from adults. But uh, stem cells coming from aborted babies no, no. And this is a big problem. This is a big issue. What if there's a vaccine? And what if the vaccine came from the aborted cells of babies? And aborted babies, it's, it's, it's a problem. All right, so let's go begin the article. October 6, 2020, LifeSite News by John Henry Weston. Last week, Bishop Athanasius Snyder laid out an apocalypse scenario regarding forced global vaccines derived from aborted babies. It was likely missed amid the flurry of the presidential debates and the president, the first lady, contracting coronavirus and his hospitalization. Today, we're going to unpack Bishop Schneider's statement. Bishop Schneider told LifeSite, should there be a mandatory global vaccine for coronavirus derived from cell lines from aborted babies, then we will enter into the time of the apocalypse. He explained it in this way. Maybe I am wrong. But I have the suspicion that partly this COVID situation was created not only to implement a new dictatorship and control of the population, but in some way to legalize abortion globally. The killing of unborn babies so that the entire planet 
will be collaborating in the process of killing babies through the vaccine, which will use parts of aborted babies. The vaccine will be imposed and obligatory so that you cannot work, travel, go to school without it. Obliging the entire population to receive the vaccine. But the only vaccine will be that that is made from the cells from aborted babies. Perhaps they will not accept other vaccines and they will lie saying that these are not effective. But the only effective vaccine will be from aborted babies. I am not affirming now that this will happen, but it is my suspicion. It appears to me realistic that this could come. This is for me the last step of Satanism, that Satan and the world government, ultimately the Masonic world government, will oblige all even the church, to accept abortion in this way. And therefore, we must resist very strongly against this. If it comes, we must even accept to be martyrs. Wow. That is, uh, that is a possibility. That is a possibility because think about it making the entire planet so desperate for a cure that we will turn on the unborn to get our cure. It's sort of like convincing us, all of us, to turn and devour our young. And this could make everybody turn on each other. We're going to turn on each other. Some are going to accept it. Some are not. Some may even go to war. I mean, it's, it's it, it, to, to convince the whole planet to go into child sacrifice. In a sense, it's like it's really challenging God, snubbing God, and forcing Him to 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 bring judgment on all of us because that is what the devil is he is the accuser he's sort of like the the trickster think about it if you need to to find a cure well then you're going to have to go after your own young you're going to have to go you're going to have to get these cells these pure cells that would uh give you the vaccine and that's exactly what's going to happen God have mercy on us because there are going to be others that are going to say to hell with the, with, with, with the unborn. I want to live. If it means I have to kill my baby to get the, the cure, the vaccine, then I'll do it. And that's frightening. That is, that is absolutely frightening. The next line, I believe, is from uh, John Henry Weston. And therefore, we must resist very strongly against this if it comes. We must even accept to be martyrs, quoting Athanasius Schneider. Wow, are we ready for this? The only preparation can be making sure we are in a state of grace with fervent prayer and penance.
this this is I this is what I believe is going to wound up really um, separating the wheat from the tear, separating the true harvest from the thorns and thistles, you know, from the weeds in there, because this is going to really divide families. It's going to really divide countries, nations. It's going to divide a lot of people within the Catholic church community in the United States, in especially in, um, in developed countries, because many people think about it politically, politicians, Catholic politicians who are career politicians are going to take advantage of this to gain power. All right. You know, it's going to, it's going to happen. And what's going to happen is, is it could even cause, you know, uh, persecution. You're going to get people turning on Christians. I mean, there was a young lady at my job a couple of months ago, grabbed every word that came out of Dr. Fauci's mouth. You know, we, we, we have to take the vaccine or else it doesn't work. You know, if you don't take it, you could put other people's lives in danger. See what I'm saying? See, see what I'm saying? Because they, they'll, they'll grab every single word. There's no, there's no, um, uh, space for debate. You know, this is, this is it. There's no room for debate. The masks have become magic totem poles, or if you're one of us, you have to wear the mask in New York city. Now you get fined if you're not wearing the mask, uh, on the subway or, or bus and you, you go, you, before you walk into stores, no mask, no customer. <laughs> it's like that line from the book of the apocalypse. He who does not have the mark of the beast, you know, cannot buy or sell your persona non grata. You're cut off, um, you know, economically, you cannot provide your needs. If you need to go somewhere, you and you and you're desperate, and you got to get some kind of, let's say, uh, medicine uh, or something for for the stomach, right? You can't go into that store if you're not wearing a mask. You can't get on the subway and go to work if you don't have the mask. You will be fined. That's this is this is it. And no one really knows if the mask does. I mean, supposedly the only ones who are supposed to be wearing a mask are those who are sick. And then they keep telling you about social distancing. Get on a New York City bus. Get on a train in the morning. Hey, New York, show respect. Wear a mask and please practice social distancing, which is absolutely impossible in a full train. So, therefore, we must resist very strongly against this if it comes. We must even accept to be martyrs. Are we ready for this? The only preparation can be making sure we are in a state of grace with fervent prayer and penance. But, 
It is after he says, he says this, that Bishop Schneider comes to the most grievous part. He says that unfortunately, some bishops, even good bishops and priests, are already presenting what is for me a, a form of Safism. Safism is sort of like, it's a philosophy, a form of philosophy to try to, uh, that is, um, it's, it's, it's sort of like a logic that is used as a form of, of deception. There's like, we have no choice. You know, we have to, this is the only choice we have. It's, it's a form of deception, you know, uh, like a hopelessness presenting it as a hopelessness and we have no choice. In, in justifying that, you know, in a form of sophism, in justifying that you can only accept this vaccine from aborted babies according, according to the moral principles. According to moral, which is a false moral principle. A sophism is a clever but false argument, especially one used to deliberately deceive. It's of a moral, a clever but false argument that is meant to deliberately deceive the masses. That's that's the best way to put it. So Bishop Schneider says some bishops, even good ones, are making huge explanation to me in a sophistic manner of the principle of moral cooperation only. Without your will, without your consent. But this is, for me, a sophism which cannot be applied to this concrete case because it is evident to simple common sense that when you know this, that this vaccine is from the aborted babies, then you cannot apply this moral principle or theory to this concrete case. And therefore, we have to be very careful not be do induced into error because of this sophistic argument, even when it comes from good traditional priests, this is the danger, and we have to be we have to resist this. And this is truly the case. All over the world today, we have the vast majority of bishops pushing for a vaccine, regardless of whether or not it is derived using the cell lines of aborted babies. As LifeSite has reported, the whole Bishop Conference of England and Wales has stated that, the, that Catholics have a prima facie duty to be vaccinated, referring to a vaccine for coronavirus. The Catholic Church strongly supports vaccinations and regards Catholics as having a prima facie duty to be vaccinated not only for the sake of their own health, but also out of solidarity with others, especially the most vulnerable. The letter released Thursday, July 30th, states, we believe that there is a moral obligation to guarantee the vaccination coverage necessary for the safety of others. This is especially important for, for the discovery of a vaccine against COVID-19. The bishops continue. The corrupted Vatican Pontifical Academy for Life 
put out document in 2017 which claims there is a moral obligation to guarantee the vaccination coverage necessary for the safety of others and adds all clinically recommended vaccinations can be used with a clear conscience and that the use of such vaccine does not signify some sort of cooperation with voluntary abortion. <laughs> I want to read the last paragraph because this is really troublesome. The corrupted Vatican Pontifical Academy for Life put out a document in 2017 which claims there is a moral obligation to guarantee the vaccination coverage necessary for the safety of others and adds all clinically recommended vaccinations can be used with a clear conscience and that the use of such vaccines does not signify some sort of cooperation with voluntary abortion. Oh, oh that is that goes against Catholic teaching all the way. Unbelievable. On the other hand, in an open letter published in May, several Catholic cardinals and bishops, led by former papal nuncio, Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò and Cardinal Gerhard Ludwig Müller, Joseph Zen and Janice, let me pronounce it again, and Janice Pajat said, for Catholics, it is morally unacceptable to develop or use vaccines derived from, um, from material from aborted fetuses. Yeah, that's clear teaching right there. Additionally, at the May 2020 Rome Life Forum, Cardinal Raymond Burke said, It must be clear that it is never morally justified to develop a vaccine through the use of cell lines of aborted fetuses. He added that forced vaccines violate the integrity of citizens. In the wake of the statement from the United, uh, United Kingdom, bishops Joseph, uh, Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, reiterated this opposition to vaccines created using cell lines from aborted babies. I renew my call that we reject any vaccine that is developed using aborted children, Strickland tweeted. Even if it if it originated decades ago, it still means a child's life was ended before it was born and then their bodies were used as spare parts. We will never end ab uh, abortion if we do not end this evil. It's capitalized. End this evil. All capitalized. Wow. More than 870,000 uh, 870, people have signed LifeSite News petition calling on governments around the world not to make coronavirus vaccines mandatory. We now have the scenario of cardinals against cardinals and bishops against bishops predicted in the approved vision of Our Lady to Saint, uh, Sister Agnes Sasekawa in Akatia, uh, Akatia, Japan. Sorry if I mispronounced that. On October 13th, 1973, Our Lady told Sister Sasegawa, the work of the devil will inf uh, inf in infiltrate even into the church, infiltrate even in the church in such a way that one will see carnal opposing cardinals. 
bishop against bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their uh, by the conferers, churches and altars sacked. The church will be full of those who accept compromise, and the demon will press many priests and consecrate souls to leave the service of the Lord. But corruption in the hierarchy was predicted from the beginning of the church. In Acts, St. Luke writes, I know that after my departure, ravening wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock of your own selves. Shall of your own selves men, uh, shall rise men speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Acts chapter 20, verse 29 to 30. Bishop Schneider did hope that this scenario of a forced global vaccine using aborted baby cells on its manufacture would not come to pass. He said, but I hope that this will not come at a global level. When this does come, then we will enter into the time of the apocalypse. In a time of apocalypse, which we already know has, has some signs, we must invoke evermore the angels, St. Michael, the archangel, and the message of Our Lady of Fatima that is becoming even ever more timely and necessary. At such a time, the, the lay faithful are often left wondering what can we do when facing insanity from bishops and cardinals, even the Pope. But we have been given an answer. The answer came in, in a response to LifeSite reporter Stephen Cox asking Bishop Vigano what the faithful can do in an open letter published at Catholic Family News. I will read, I read you parts of Bishop Archbishop Vigano's reply. One of, one of my most cherished privileges in my nearly uh, quarter century of life site has been given my, my, my voice, Archbishop Vigano, this uh, courageous soldier for Christ, who apart from praying for the rosary with, with us recently, has never spoken in public but given us his counsel only in letters. I will conclude with these with his words. We cannot judge our pastors from their intentions, nor suppose that all of them are corrupt in faith and morals. On the contrary, we can hope that many of them here to in, uh, intermediated and silent will understand as, as confusion and apostasy continue to spread the deception to which they have been subjugated and will finally shake off their slumber. There are many lady, lay people who are raising their voices. Others will necessarily follow together with good priests, certainly present in every diocese the awakening of the church militant. I would dare to call it almost a resurrection. Is necessary, urgent, and inevitable. None, no son tolerates his mother being outraged by the, by the servants or his father being tyrannized by the administrators of his goods. The Lord offers us in these painful situations the possibility of being his allies in fighting this holy battle under his banner. The king who is victorious over error and death permits us to share the honor of triumphal victory and the eternal reward that derives from it after having endured and suffered with him. But in order to, uh, to deserve the immortal glory of heaven, we are called to rediscover in the 
in, in an emasculated age devoid of values and such, uh, such as honor, faithfulness to one's word and heroism, a fundable aspect of the faith of every baptized person, the Christian life is a militia. And with the sacrament of confirmation, we are called to be soldiers of Christ, under whose insignia we must fight. Of course, in most cases, it is essentially a spiritual battle. But over the course of, a, of history, we have seen how often faced with the violation of the sovereign rights of God and the liberty of the church, it was also necessary to take up arms. We are taught this by the strenuous resistance to repel the Islamic invasion in Lepanto and on the outskirts of Vienna, the persecution of, of uh, uh Cristoros in Mexico, of the Catholics in Spain, even today, by the cruel war against Christians throughout the world. Never as today can we understand the theological hatred coming from the enemies of God inspired by Satan, the attack on everything that recalls the cross of Christ, on virtue, on the good and beautiful, on purity, must spur us to get up in a leap of pride in order to claim our right not only not to be persecuted by other by our external enemies but also above all to have strong and courageous pastors holy and god-fearing who will do exactly what their predecessors have done for centuries preach the gospel of christ convert individuals and nations and expand the kingdom of the living and true god throughout the world the lay faithful today have a sacred task to comfort good priests and good bishops, gathering like sheep around their shepherds, give them hospitality, help them, console them in their trials, create community in which mummerings and division do not predominate, but rather fraternal charity in the bond of faith. And since in the order established by God, subjects owe obedience to authority and cannot do otherwise than resist it when it, when it abuses its power, no fault will be attributed to them for the infidelity of their leaders on whom rests the very serious responsibility for the way in which they exercise the vigorous power which has been given to them. We must not rebel, but oppose. We must not be pleased with errors of our pastors, but pray for them and admonish them respectfully. We must not question their authority, but the way in which they use it. I am certain, with a certainty that comes to me from faith, that the Lord will not fail to reward our fidelity after having punished us for the faults of the men of the church, granting us holy priests, holy bishops, holy cardinals, and above all, a holy pope. But these saints will arise from our families, from our communities, from our churches, families, community, and churches in which the grace of God must be cultivated with constant prayer and the frequenting of the holy mass and the sacraments with the offering of sacrifice and penance 
that the communion of the saints permit us to offer to the divine majesty in order to expiate our sins and those of our brethren, including those who exercise authority. The lady, the laity, have a fundamental role in this guarding the faith within our families in such a way that our young people who are educated in love and in the fear of God may one day be responsible fathers and mothers, but also worthy ministers of the Lord. His heralds in the in the male and female religious orders and his apostles in civil society. The cure for rebellion is obedience. The cure for heresy is faithfulness to the teachings of the tradition. The cure for schism is filial love, devotion for the sacred pastors. The cure for apostasy is love for God and his most holy mother. The cure for vice is the humble practice of virtue. The cure for the corruption of morals is to live constantly in the presence of God. But obedience cannot be perverted into stoiled servility. Respect for authority cannot be perverted into the obscience of the court. And let's not forget that if it is the duty of the lay, lay people to obey their pastors, it is even more grave duty for the pastors to obey God. All right, that's, that's the end of that. We, we're going through a change, as I think. I, I honestly do believe this. We're going through some serious changes. The church is going through some serious changes. I mean, just recently, this whole, um, this whole thing that Pope Francis put out is new encyclical. Um, which I haven't read. I'm sorry. Uh, I haven't read it. It's, I heard it's very, very long, but so far, um, I'm hopefully I'll get portions of it here and there. I'll listen to commentaries. I mean, Dr. Taylor Marshall said it's not written like a traditional encyclical, which is written to the, to the patriarchs, to the, uh, pastors, to the bishops and cardinals, to the theologians. And it's, you know, to go around, which is what an encyclical does. But unfortunately, it doesn't, it doesn't do that. It seems um, Francis has chosen a completely different path. And it's, a, it's definitely a sequel to his Amoris Laetitiae and to his Amazonian let, um, uh, letter. He definitely seems to be sticking to the path that he's chosen, which is not the path of the church, not the path of Christ. He seems to be choosing the globalist path, um, the socialist path, and also he attacks in it. There is obviously outright attack, which seems to be directed at uh, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, but not by name. He does it in a side, sort of like snotty side hand. I hate to say it, but... I don't think he really sees himself as a pope. I don't think Pope Francis um, sees himself in the same manner as Benedict XVI. I, I honestly, because he doesn't stay at the papal palace. And when he came out to the balcony the day he was elected, he didn't come out dressed up in the traditional... Um, 
papal vestments that an elected pope is supposed to be elect, you know, chosen. I think that Francis, in my opinion, is um, the final uh, stretch of the uh, Vatican II church, in my opinion. This is my opinion because I think he's... I don't think it really believes in itself anymore. I don't think this Vatican II church, I'm not a theologian, but I'm just speaking from a lay person. John Paul II and Benedict XVI were trying very hard to keep the, um, the connect the Vatican II church to the past by trying to to uh, to basically to legitimize legitimize the 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 Vatican II movement in the traditions of the past, you know, which is that that whole that that whole uh, sort of like tradition, the continuation without breaking uh, in uh, language and uh, philosophy, which a lot of uh, I hate to say this, John Paul II believed in it, Benedict XVI maybe more. But the many of the others, many of those who had who have more of a different agenda, more of a political and global agenda, I don't think they believed in it. I don't think they even believe in the morality, judging by the immorality that's been going on in 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 um, in the Catholic Church among the pastors, especially the immorality itself proves that there's a lack of faith. The, the sexual immorality proves it. And then if the sexual immorality proves it, then they're all, they're, their moral theology, there is no moral theology because a lot of them don't care. They don't care about abortion. I mean, Michael Voris himself in Church Militant, not one single bishop has ever bothered to target money towards the pro-life movement. And then not only that, this whole transgender movement which many of the pastors and many of the bishops also seem to be have a silent acceptance about it. They're ha they, they are more consistent in that, in the sexual immorality. And so therefore, why wouldn't they be consistent with abortion? This is all an attack against the incarnation, abortion. We are an incarnated people we believe in the incarnation the word becoming flesh the these men silent about abortion i mean think about it go to luke's gospel right away we're introduced to the prophecy and forth come the the the, the trumpet sounding of of john the baptist and then six six months later the incarnation of our lord all right, and the birth of our Lord, the nativity of our Lord, the birth of John the Baptist, we are a people of life, life in the womb. They are silent about that. They are silent about that. And this is proven by their theology or their, their ideology, if not theology, because there is no theology. They don't talk about this. They don't, they don't speak out about, about abortion. The, the bishops don't talk about it. There's no talk about contraception. 
So if this vaccine is made with aborted fetuses, the cells of aborted fetuses, we can't take it. And so therefore, this will put us right in line of persecution, which Bishop Athanasius Schneider is correct about. There is going to be massive persecution. Okay, because people are going to say these Catholics are ridiculous. These Christians are ridiculous. Okay, there, this is a pagan political society that's obsessed with sexuality, sexual immorality, sexual perversion, and definitely it's, in, it's, it's, it's into pedophilia. It is. I mean, the book that I'm almost done with, uh, The Devil and Karl Marx, do you know how many transsexual societies, I didn't know there was going to be so many transsexual societies and how the homosexual movement is rooted in Marxist ideology, in communism. I had no idea about that. And many and much of it is basically just, just complete perversion. Complete, total conversion. Even Mambla, Mambla itself has roots in Marxist communist ideology. As well as the environmentalism. It hides behind it because much, you can achieve much communist goals, much socialism through environmentalism, which is why there's no science backing it up. Why they don't bring that up. Because it's all a way of imposing and putting your idea. America is a capitalist society and and we we have industries and there's the coal mining industry, there's the fracking industry, there's the oil industry, oil and gas industry, there's the lumber industry. If you can achieve your goals, uh, uh, you have to attack that capitalist industry and you can do it very sneaky through environmentalism. Environmentalism. You know, it, and then a lot of it can also be done through population control. All right. And abortion um, definitely, um, you know, Planned Parenthood uh, will use any means necessary, any means necessary to do that. Anyway, this. I'm glad I read this letter, and so hopefully it'll be a great help. A lot of you should look it up on LifeSite News, John Henry Weston, Bishop Asanisha Snyder, uh, vaccine created from aborted cells. All right, God bless, and I'll be back again soon.